Wing Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 279, Sun and Fun 2021, Part 10, Interviews from the Deck, April 18th. Let's do the pre-flight. Welcome to another special episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. We continue with interviews recorded live from the deck at Sun and Fun Radio on day six of Sun and Fun. That's on April 18th, 2021. Don't forget, you can listen to those interviews all year long on liveatc.net slash SNF or the individual interviews at snfradio.com. And of course, you can come here, stuckmikeavcast.com slash SNF21, or you can look under Sun and Fun and listen to all our interviews from all the past years. So on to the interviews. Number one, the first interview is with Jake Narotsky. He's the founder of Aviation Studies at Southern Prep Academy. Really interesting individual, uh, Auburn grad, and somebody I've worked with in the past with the flight team. Really nice guy. Talks about how he started this program of Aviation Studies at Southern Prep Academy. Up next, number two is Ramona Cox, Sky Chick Adventures, skychick.com. Talks about her sponsor, Honda Generators, and also adventure flying throughout the bush and throughout all different places in the country with her camper and adventure flying and all sorts of stuff she does with Honda Generators. And another really cool thing that she does with Moto Art, promoting Moto Art, which is where they take all those aircraft parts and they, they refurbish them and they make them into furniture and art for all for the walls and everything. It's really, really cool. So check that out. Episode, and that's in number two, interview two. Interview three is with Chay Murdoff from TL North America. TLSportAircraft.com has some really cool light sport aircraft and uh, really it truly is bringing the passion of aviation forward through these aircraft. Number four is Angela West, the director of flight ops at Stallion 51, stallion51.com. She talks about how uh, they're giving away a flight in one of the aircraft, a P-51 Mustang, to one of the recipients at ACE, uh, Aerospace Center for Excellence, which is over there on the Sun and Fun campus. Number five, a Katie Bud Jones. Then we talk aviation history, Florida aviation history. She also is with Stallion 51, stallion51.com. Uh, she does a lot of other things besides that. She's very much interested in Florida aviation history. And we talk a little bit about that and all the different aspects of, of history in Florida aviation and a few other things that are tied to aviation. So you'll like to listen to that interview. She's really a, a dynamic person. I love uh, talking to KT. Number six in our last interview for Sun and Fun for the Stuck Mike Avcast is Colin Stagnino and Melissa Rudinger, uh, the AOPA Foundation, talks about the foundation and all the things that they do uh, with that foundation. So here's the six interviews. Let's go listen to them. Hope you enjoy them. Now entering cruise flight. 
Today I'm with uh, somebody I've spoken with in the past, and uh, we've seen quite a bit over at Auburn uh, University, and that's Jake Narotsky. Hey, Jake. How you doing? Hey, good to see Carl. you again, man. Yeah, good to see you, man. It's always good awesome to have you, you on the deck. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> i gotta, I got to make sure that the, the, the half the deck here is roll tide, half war eagle. We're going to have a big battle afterwards. <laughs> you know, Jake, uh, you're on it. I said Auburn. Um, you're actually somebody who's been... Uh, very inspirational and has been involved with the flight team, involved with the college, and coming out and supporting Auburn and the students. Uh, but now you're on to this new adventure, and I'm really excited to talk about that. Uh, so let's talk about what that new adventure is, a director of aviation studies at, at this, this new school. Actually, it's, a, it's an old school with a new name. Yeah, so uh, I was really fortunate and humbled to get an opportunity to be involved with Southern Preparatory Academy, uh, formerly Lyman Ward Military Academy. It's uh, about 20 minutes north of Auburn there on 280 in, in Auburn, Alabama, and uh, the president kind of had an interview with him, and he said, hey, I'd like you to take over our aviation program, and so I was kind of excited about it, and uh, we talked for a little while, and then I, I kind of asked the question, where are we at in the program right now? And he sat back in his chair, laughed, and he said, no, 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 I want you to start an aviation program, and so it's been a heck of a ride. Uh, it's been about four years now, you know, writing curriculum, and um, we started out with a, a pathway for kids, so we started with ninth grade intro to drones, uh, teaching kids how to fly Mavics and uh, advanced drones, private pilot, uh, aviation weather, human factors, and uh, it's just it's just been fun. It's been fun growing, and, and it's just been fun. <laughs> yeah, and you're somebody who's fun to be with. You're always happy and smiling. That's what I love about you. Uh, and the so coffee. It is the coffee. <laughs> so he's constantly having coffee throughout the day, no matter what they see. It's amazing. Southern Prep Academy, again, where can they find Southern Prep Academy? Uh, SouthernPrepAcademy.org. Uh, you can find a, jump on the Facebook page. Uh, we work with a lot of guys out of Birmingham, Atlanta, Montgomery, kind of in the area. And then we also we have students from all over the world. So we actually have students here today from uh, with us from, from Asia. We have guys from, uh, from Europe, from South America. Uh, it's just a great place for guys to go to be able to kind of uh, get that smaller class size that they're looking for, that more intense structured academic, and that military leadership as well. There's a couple of firsts, though, with uh, the Southern uh, Prep Academy. And uh, one of them is the, the drone demonstration team. That is really cool. Tell us a little bit about how you formed that. Yeah, so just like a lot of other great things, it was an accident. Um, so <laughs> we, uh, we, I had this intro to drones program where I was teaching these guys, and, and basically I wanted to pattern it kind of after, after um, private pilot because I wanted to get them uh, their first glimpse of private pilot so that, you know, as they move on. But anyhow, I needed a way to motivate these guys and, and something, to, something to look for uh, and to work toward. And so we started this thing called the drone demonstration team, and basically it's a 10-man team. The guys go through a series of three days of interviews, um, and at the end, you've got a six-man uh, flight group uh, and four, four uh, support guys. But so basically, we fly them. It's just like the Blue Angels. The guys do the Delta, the up and over, the Diamond. We have, uh, we have opposing soloists and everything. Uh, put it to music. We have a student does the music, a student does the narration. Uh, and then it's, we bring it to different air shows and schools and uh, do this demonstration. And what's really cool about it is there's no computers involved. And so the boys are learning how to hand fly close formation with drones and that sounds silly, but like, why? Why? Well, it's an incredible way to up the focus, um, up the concentration. Uh, it matures these guys really, really quick, and it begins to prepare them for some of the rigors and the stress that they're going to have in private pilot just a year or so later. 
So this demonstration team, they can find that when they go to the west, uh, their website, southernprepacademy.org. Uh, it's also one of the first cadet programs to fly in the, the Sun and Fun Showcase. Yeah, so that, that's a great, that was an amazing story. So about three years ago, uh, we came down and, and we're super excited to work with Miss Regina Brown up out of Alexander City and, and Brown Arrow. And those are our flight guys and um, brought a plane down. She comes down every year and they stay in the campground stuff. So we stuck one of our, uh, one of our first cadets uh who had just soloed and uh or just finished his private pilot excuse me and we stuck him in there and uh flew in the in the showcase here it was awesome so the, you guys are uh, this is awesome i mean what 17 years old kids high school kids mm-hmm. flying in this um so you're also this is one of the things that would be great is this is something that we can put throughout other high schools so what are you doing about that i know you're one of these people who's a glutton for punishment and loves hard work <laughs> So I try to keep my day down to at least, you know, no more than 28 hours a day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited about a team that uh, I'm working on called Alabama Aerospace and Aviation High Schools. And so uh, we're putting four charter high schools in Huntsville, Birmingham, Montgomery, and uh, Mobile under the guidance of uh, our CEO, Ruben Morris, who's an amazing, amazing leader. But uh, these four high schools are targeting underserved and underprivileged kids in inner city schools that have those that capability um to go and do and they they that love for aviation and and they're just not getting that in the schools they're at and so what's really cool about this is um it's all being funded it's being covered it's at no cost to the student when they come to the school uh and it's it's everything from their amp all the way up through their flight certificates uh their drone certificates uh we have an aerospace engineering program uh, and so we're graduating kids and moving them right into the industry. Uh, we're pretty excited about the idea that we can we can move forward the timeline of when a kid begins to work in the industry. Excuse me, not a kid, Absolutely. but a worker. Yeah, you know, I I do that all the time. I call them kids. You know, this is what happens when you get older. They're twenty something years old, and you're calling them kids. But uh, across Alabama, but it's not just that. You're actually uh, someone can help you. You could help others. I should say, help with forming yeah. these programs uh, throughout the country. Yeah, so I was, it's actually uh, owed to my wife, but um, I was sitting and talking to my wife about some of the things that I was working on. I was just kind of, uh, actually, I was kind of vetting to her for a minute, and she said, you know, with everything that you do, you should, you should package this. This is, something, this is something you love to do. This is something that you're good at. Why aren't you, why aren't you offering this? Why aren't, why aren't you working on it? And so I did. I started JN Consulting. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can hit me up. Any, any, you can email me, call me, text me. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, and my goal is to is to get aviation programs into high schools, and so uh, I've have got a few partners I'm already working with, and and so I'll go into a high school, uh, take a look at their aviation education needs, and customize a program for them, and walk away, and I can do it in one year, and and it's it's pretty cool to see our industry finally being opened up, to, to finally opening all these doors that weren't open before, and so um, it's it's pretty exciting, and like you said, it's it's moving pretty quickly, it's it's taken off. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you, Jake. All you do for the high schools and starting the new high school programs there in Alabama. And, uh, you know, they actually have a, a cool program here. I'm so glad mm-hmm. it's, it's spreading throughout the U.S. and really excited for what you're doing here. Again, remind us where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at JN Consulting uh, on Facebook. I like to keep it simple or give me a call anytime, 334-750-4413. That's 334-750-4413.
Jake Narotsky, uh, I appreciate all you've done for Auburn, especially over the years. You've really been a great advocate for them. And one of the things I think that's really important is to get more high school kids involved oh, yeah. and to move them forward in their careers. And we're doing that here also on the Son of Hunt campus. We're going to talk about that right now. Uh, thanks so much, Jake. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. War uh, Eagle. Up next on the deck, we have John Lights Leanhouse. We're hits uh, highlights with lights. This is so exciting uh, today to have the weather clearing. And uh, boy, throughout this show, there's been so many people coming through the gate, and uh, it's just been so inspiring. We're back. Are you you sure we're back? Are you sure? We are. We are back, and not only are we back, we are back bold and big. That's for sure. Tell me what's going on, Lights. From from my vantage point on the deck, it looked like we had massive crowds yesterday. Are you familiar with the word historic? Oh, really? Are you familiar with the word (laughs) new record? Are you familiar with a mass of aviation fans flowing constantly into this phenomenal campus to enjoy the experience this great aviation expo omg it was without a doubt we just confirmed the numbers yesterday was the biggest attendance at sun and fun in 47 years biggest single day attendance biggest single day attendance and if you wrap up the first five days we got one to go as of last night we have exceeded all records of attendance in 47 years. Yesterday was the biggest. All week is now camping, preferred seating, parking, uh, the list, uh, attendance. The list goes on. Every single one of the, of, of the metrics you can actually measure is higher than we've ever seen as of last night. And we still have today to go. So I can tell you that the world is awake. It's alive. It's back. And we're enjoying the fruits of sadness for the last year, the pent-up emotions have been flushed away by people racing here to enjoy the excitement of the Aerospace Expo. That's outstanding. Now, and and I hope I'm not talking out of out of class here, but in a in a meeting, um, our CFO Tracy stepped up and said that because you know they were able, you guys were able to tighten your belts. And when we, you know, this this event is the biggest fundraiser. Correct. But we also have outside donations and people people want to help and it, do, it doesn't have to be sun and fun. But not only did we lose our biggest fundraiser in 2020, we lost all revenue from event venue rentals and everything else that we do here to bring in money to promote the education pro- products that are projects that we do. Um my understanding is that we did not have to get any loans. Correct. We stayed off the line of credit all the way through. And so that- we, we walked into the Sun Fund 21 completely debt-free and uh, with money in the bank to get the game started. Because it takes about $2 million to turn the light switch on here. Right. And um, so that, that's great. And everybody's showing up. And a big thing, you know, I, I, I'm going to address the negative Nellies that are complaining about paying for parking and paying for admission and, and buying drinks and whatever else. It's not like this money is going in somebody's pocket. Correct. This money, every dime that comes into Sun and Fun goes back out in the form of education programs. Yes, we spend money maintaining the campus. Correct. And until the venue rentals return and we get back to that, which I heard you say, I think opening day, we've got about 80 coming yep. up. 
Um, and those are major venue rentals. Those Correct. aren't just somebody renting a room. That's major venue rentals. Until that, until that income comes in, that's what pays the bills, keeps the thing going. I think your number at one point was 300000 a month yeah, it to runs keep it, this yep, to, going. To pay for all the people that work here, to maintain the facility, pay insurance, utilities, the lease rate, all the associated overhead to keep the, the campus alive and well so we can do the education programs is about 300000 Now, of that 300000 remember... We're also paying teachers who teach for free. Students come out here. So we're actually providing the facility and the teachers and all the tools and all the consumables so that those young men and women can have the experience of aviation education. So even though the CFAA, and we'll discuss that in just a minute, even though the CFAA is a Polk County school, yes, sir. Sun and Fun pays the bills. Sun and Fun pays. Sun and Fun owns the building, and then it turns around and takes the money that we lease it to the county and turns it into scholarships. So that money scholarships, and then we pay for all the extracurricular activities, the, all the events that we do outside of the high school itself. So the county pays for the teachers, and it pays, it pays their utilities over there, but we then in turn create all the other, other extracurricular activities that support the students continuing after school. And there's so many other things that people don't realize. They get a little granular. There's so many smaller things that you do, and they all add up. Things like, you know, the, the Skylab and going out to the schools and teaching teachers about STEM on a very individual basis. That adds up. It, it, you could sit here and name a thousand different things that they do. The, the high, everybody sees the high school. It's so big. But if, I wish people would know all those other things. And those have to be funded. And they're funded by your tickets and by coming here right. and supporting Sun and Fun and the events throughout the year. So when you uh, take a look now that you say little things that we do, the Skylab is a big one. So we're about uh, two months away from completion. It's going to open up. on the. We're going to move in on the 1st of uh, in July. And by the 1st of August, on the 4th, actually, the 4th of August, we do a ribbon-cutting ceremony. And as soon as we cut that ribbon... The audience, a large per, uh, percentage of the audience will be teachers, science teachers, and history teachers. They are going to then populate the building for a two-day seminar on how to use aviation as a tool to teach all of STEM uh, activities. And that begins it. And then the following week, we start our summer camps. And then right after that, we start ha- bringing every 5th and 6th grade and 11th grade student in Polk County will come to this school, come to our, an extension of the Polk County Schools, public schools for free and we will teach them all their core competencies using aviation as the venue yeah i didn't want to diminish that at all all these little things they do are all little stars in the sky that make up this one beautiful skylight and sky just like sky lab and i think it's just terrific what you guys are doing there to put this in perspective when we walked into the fly-in uh we had we had raised in a fundraising uh, program for sky lab uh, about $4 million of a $5.2 million project. Mm-hmm. We are now down to under a half a million to go. So we've raised over 600000 this week alone to get to that target. And that includes buying all the really cool tools that will go in there, like holograms and this, uh, this live sphere that shows uh, weather all around the planet. I mean, it's, this is some stuff that's so high-tech, you've never seen it. And it's, it's way beyond your expectation. It will literally be a NASA, exper- a NASA program. Wow. You know, those so people... we're talking are- about... We're talking about creating rocket scientists we, we, here. Yes, sir, we are. Yes, we are. And aircraft mechanics and CFIs <laughs> and everything else you can think of. 
Our job is to engage those folks and get them interested and excited, give them the educational education uh, skills they need, and then accelerate them right into a profession in the aerospace industry. You know, Lights, a lot of times I hear from people in the city, I live here in Lakeland, that uh, they don't know much about the air show, they've never been to it, but they'll come by and they'll listen, say on 1510 and liveatc.net, and they wonder what they can do because they hear about the schools and all the things that are going on on campus. You know, they have this little overview, and I tell them, hey, do me a favor, why don't you come in sometime? It's great. Bring the family. Uh, If you're not into aviation, there's just so many things you can do, and by doing that, you're helping support those things that you want to support. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Every ticket that we sell for the museum helps turn right around and make those all those museum exhibits more educational. Mm-hmm. So we can put more uh, meat on the bone, if you will, on a, an exhibit that otherwise would have just been an artifact, a historical piece, which is fascinating to you and I. Our goal right now is to get to that seventh, uh, that seven, eight, nine-year-old young man or woman and turn them from a kid into an adult that has an, ex- an excitement and an interest in aviation. Hats off to you, Lights, by the way. I I think that's incredible what you've done to actually bring this forward. I think in the beginning we all were thinking through this this whole process of this virus uh, that, oh, my gosh, uh, we're down, we're out. Well, no, we're not out. We're we're down. And and someone like Lights was able to to pick us up. And through your leadership and constant cheerleading, (laughs) you were able to actually get people out there and motivate them to move forward and and raise the funds. So uh, what you've done is a Herculean task, and, and hats off. You for doing that. Well, thank you very much. I mean, it's a team effort. There's no two ways about it. And we've got a really phenomenal team on the Aerospace Center for Excellence uh, staff, as well as the Sun and Fun staff. All of them work together. I mean, there's an overlap. We literally are the same team. We just have different names, but we all work together for the same goal. And what we've all got to realize is it, it takes people with passion to forecast and then execute the plan. So we put a plan on paper, and then we diligently attacked it and went after it and executed it in real time. And a good example of that is even though we collapsed and financially were hit there in 2020 without having the fly-in, we did not stop honoring our mission. We stayed true to our goals, and we pressed ahead. And even though we didn't have all the money in the bank for Skylab, we said, put a shovel in the dirt, let's start the project, because if we don't do it, we may never do it. And so we did, and here we are literally within days of opening up one of the, what will be one of the most iconic aerospace-based STEM hands-on learning laboratories classrooms on the planet. And hopefully everybody's going to replicate it and do... I mean, we had the folks from Portland were in here this week for four days to study how to do this because they want to do the same thing in Portland. And it's going to happen. Well, and that's something that I think is really neat about what we do here. Now, before you came on board, before CFAA was CFAA... We started, in, and, and, and forgive me if, if I'm, I'm not 100% correct here, but we started with a charter or magna, a special school program mm-hmm. that was one built, one room in the Crossfield Center, I believe, back then was ma- the maintenance building. Yes, sir, it was. It was actually three, three classrooms, about 25, 30 students, and it started in 2008, and that's when it began. Um, and then in 2010, uh, James C. Ray uh, had a desire to inspire more young men and women to get into aviation. So he gave us $7.5 million. And in 2011, we opened up this 500-capacity uh, school uh, on, in August of 2011, just as I got here. And that school opened up. And at that moment, we realized we have the, the cornerstone of our future. 
This is the beginning. Now we have to build on it. And I, I will say, talking to Bill, that I'm in, I've spent my life, pretty much most of my life in the construction trade. We broke ground for CFAA at Sun and Fun 10, and we opened the school for Sun, and the school was open for Sun and Fun 11. Correct. No, no, no. When the school, the high school wasn't open. The school but it wasn't was finished. It was finished. It was finished. But it was not, fin- but, well, but, and that's what I'm getting at from a construction point of view. Yeah. To take a project at, from groundbreaking to you know, in, CO in my in my business, certificate yeah. of occupancy. Yeah, CO. You know, saying uh, the building department says, okay, you're good to go. You can start using the building. My two bedroom, two bath house in Key Largo was 53 weeks. That's a year. Permit a week. Yeah, a year and a week. Permit to, to CO. You guys did the same thing for the 500 capacity, 500 student capacity, three-story school. That, that in itself is impressive because I don't think that anybody can boast that kind of speed in getting things done. And, that's it. and hats off to you for getting things done. And I love the fact that you and I are kind of alike in our management. We come up with these great ideas and then we find the people to make it. get it happen. We, we our excitement and and ability to find the right person to get the job done makes it happen. Yeah, well, you know that in that case uh, we were highly motivated because James Ray was in his nineties at that time, and he goes, "I don't know how much longer I'm going to live, so let's get it done now." And he put a target of nine months from start from shoveling the dirt till it was completed. And John Rodoff of Rodoff Construction said, "We can do it," and by golly, they did it, and they did it under. Under budget, ahead of schedule. That's outstanding. We need to cut to a break. John Lights Lean House, President, CEO, and Grand Poobah of Sun and Fun. Thank you so much for making some time out of your busy schedule and getting here and uh, for what you're doing, keeping us going. Welcome back to the deck here at Sun and Fun Radio. You're listening to us on 1510 AM. You can also stream us live on liveatc.net slash SNF. We've got an action-packed interview right now with uh, a guest we don't have to introduce because she's so well-known here on the campus of Sun and Fun, but we will. It's Ramona Cox of Sky Chick. Hey, Ramona, it's great to see you again. Thank you. It's always good to be here. You know, you are such an inspiration to so many aviators, uh, and the reason being is that, uh, for me, especially online with your videos, uh, I think they, they get me really, really excited. But to back up, before we talk about that, what is Sky Chick, and uh, how did you get started with this website and, and helping people get move forward in their lives of flying? Well, I, started, I was a backpacker, and then when, once I realized that I could actually get a lot deeper, farther into the wilderness with my airplane and get there quickly, Clay Lacey, actually, he was my neighbor. He introduced me to backcountry flying. And as soon as I realized that, I knew that's what was what I wanted to do, and I wanted to do it on a large scale. So I started a business, an Internet business, figured out how to run it from the backcountry using a satellite phone, and that's how I would wow. be working out there. I wasn't just playing around. I was working. I, I was running a company. And so you put this together. Why? I mean, why? What's uh, the purpose? I love nature. I love, love nature. I love fishing. I love everything about hiking and being out. My dad introduced me to it. And to me, being out in nature is heaven. It sure is. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you talked about the satellite um, and you were communicating and, and online. How have things changed over the years? Oh, they've changed a lot. I mean, then it, you had to do it in a completely different way. Satellite is still satellite. You mm-hmm. still have to, you have to have line of sight 
with the terrain, and you're still, it's going to be tough to do, you know, a lot of big, heavy files, or it'll be very expensive. So satellite has changed, but the way I ran it was in a very simple way, and uh, too long to get into, but I figured out how to do it, and that was in 2003, when nobody was running businesses. I mean, this whole remote thing, everybody's like, ooh, I'm working remotely. I've been doing it since 2003, (laughs) and figured out how to do it in the wilderness, let alone doing it from a coffee shop. (laughs) You could teach people how to do this, that's for sure, in the remote. And so this equipment has gotten so much better, lighter, and it's faster, and it's enabled you to really reach more people, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's the technology has made it much easier for people to work remote. COVID introduced it now so that people get see how much fun it is. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a great yeah. thing. Absolutely. I love being able to go on a camper and do all my podcasting and all just right from there, just like you're doing. And I think it's terrific that you do that. But uh, to do this, I think some people are curious, you know, how is it you're able to go out there and fund all this? And part of that is through some sponsorships. Right. Well, people have asked me that for a really long time. And for the last six years, Honda sponsored me. And what happened was, is people started noticing a woman out there solo. And this is way back before it became popular. The whole landscape's changed. Because when I was going out there, hardly anybody was out there, just basic super cubs, you know, a few of this and that. Now you have carbon cubs and a lot of people doing backcountry. Um, and so, but what happened when I was doing it, you rarely ever, I never actually saw another female flying solo back then. And so they noticed it. And then Honda, what happened was I was using solar and then I switched to a generator and I was so excited. I was talking about it on a stage at Oshkosh with 200 people. And the head of marketing came over because somebody said, if she has your generator on the stage, you want to be there. And so they actually approached me regarding a sponsorship because I was introducing aviators to the concept of how perfect it is to use a generator when backcountry flying. And in the background, we hear another sponsor of Honda. That's Generous. right. Yeah, the Aeroshell Aerobatic Team. <laughs> That's good timing. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, way. yeah. So, but not only Honda. So, prior to right. Honda, six years prior to Honda, and currently today, I've been working with a company called Moto Art. We make furniture out of airplanes. So, that for 16 years, I've been their main uh, sales rep. So, uh, I cover most of the country actually for moto art so the combination of those two things has given me complete freedom and flexibility and allowed me to have a good income i'm glad you you've done that because the the way i describe you to people i hope you don't mind is that you are the a female pioneer in the backwoods flying oh absolutely i had one of the very first website myself and george of pilot getaways we had some of the first websites that actually talked about backcountry Um, And I had a lot of information on it. I was sharing locations. And then people started asking me, will you tell us more? Tell us more. So then I started. I've been lecturing at Oshkosh for 16 years on backcountry, not only backcountry flying, but also the gear that you need in order to do it properly, be safe, uh, all, all of that. Everything from your camping gear to things that you want on your aircraft in order to 
to be able to do backcountry flying well. And the, the, right now, the Flying Cowboys, I got a shout out for them. They are amazing. If you've never seen their videos, those guys have taken video of backcountry to the next level, which is what I think has created the romance for backcountry flying. Right. That's for sure. Uh, you you got to start it. You're a pioneer in that, not just for females, but for everybody in general. Yeah, I wonder what's it been like uh, being out there on the road as as the solo female in the backcountry of flying camping. Anything uh, that that's been different for you? You think? Well, um, yeah, obviously it's different because I'm not as strong as males are, right, and okay. so I have had to every equi- everything that I bring. I bring a boat. I bring a motorized bike. I bring a motor. I bring a lot of things, and it, everything has to be under 45 pounds. I'm, I don't even weigh 100, but I'm like an ant. I can, I can comfortably lift half my body weight, right? But anything over that, then it, I risk injury. And people don't realize if you're flying and you hurt your back, now you can't press the rudder pedals very easily. And when you're taking off in a backcountry strip or landing, it's a rodeo. You're jumping on those pedals. You're hitting bumps. You're going back up. You're putting the throttle in. You've got to fly that one out, come back down, and then who knows what you're going to hit next. So you really can't hurt your back so i i I did it right so i i know what that is and uh so yeah so i'm very careful about that and i tell people about that and and the equipment that they want to bring to be safe my lectures are literally what's real and you know what's not and so i'll say if something's good and i'll say if it's not so my lectures at oshkosh have been all about gear, a full hour on gear, a full hour on locations, everything from sometimes people ask, I have this type of an airplane. Well, do you think I can fly there? Well, I don't know their skill level, so I can never answer that question, but I can tell them. I saw one time a, a 152 land at Fish Lake, and the fellow had never landed any backcountry, and he was a brand-new pilot. He pulled it off. But it wasn't the smartest move. You really, really, I mean, I worked my way up. I went with no experience at all, just like he did. But I started with bigger strips, moved my way to smaller strips, smaller strips, more challenging strips that were now they're in canyons. Now they're no go around. They're no go around strips. If you don't get it right the first time, you become part of the mountain. Yes. So it's really about working your way up and not ever letting anybody put any pressure on you to say, oh, you could do that, right? Watch this. You don't want to do that backcountry. Ramona, I really enjoy everything you've done and the fact that you're educating, you're inspiring people. Uh, And I'm glad you brought up your sponsors because I think it's important if someone wants to support Ramona and what she does, there's many ways to do that. Tell us a little bit again about your sponsors, where they can find them. It's both Motor Art and also Honda Generators. Plus, if if I want to help you, I want you to get the word out. What can we do? Well, let's see. With Obviously, with Honda Generators, the Honda I use in my aircraft is a Honda 1000. And it's amazing. It's quiet. I mean, I use it in very, very uh, quiet areas, and it's still really quiet. So, And I so appreciate that sponsorship because there aren't very many people that have they're like a $120 billion company. I mean, there aren't that many people that have a sponsor like that. And I so appreciate that they valued what I was doing because, honestly, there were no other women doing it. It's one thing to take hunters out but it's another thing to go out because you simply love what you're doing and go out for whole summers i don't go for a weekend i'd leave june 1st and not come back till september i hunt with a bow i fish for food so i mean honda saw that they appreciated that that uniqueness and so i mean it was just fabulous and 
you know, also, as I said, I work with, I work with motor art. And so between those two, right now what I'm working toward is, is uh, I'm, I need to replace my engine, a TSIO 520 Continental. So if anybody knows of a good deal on a TSIO 520, because uh, it's time, I'm, I'm over TBO, got to change it. So as soon as I get back home, I'm on something called the Skyway to Highway Journey now. I switched from uh, flying for, I was only going to be out for six months. Now I'm doing, okay, now I'm out. I've been out for two years RVing, checking everything out on the ground that I've seen from the air. So Skyway to Highway Journey is great. And skychick.com, that's where you can see me. Or Skychick Adventures, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Otherwise, throw a dart at the internet and, and you'll hit Ramona somewhere. If you put in Sky Chick, that's um, going to come up. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to speak here. Thank you. Ramona, thank you. My, my fly in sister, friend for a long time. We actually, you're one of the few that actually got to meet Miss April. And, you know, April doesn't join us. So, Ramona, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. And uh, all of our sponsors. Speaking of a sponsor, we have with us TL North America, TLSportAircraft.com. They are actually people that are bringing a dream alive, dream alive of becoming actually a fighter pilot. You know, some of the airplanes that they've made, you've seen over the years, uh, you've seen the, the Cirrus, you've also, uh, Cyrus, I should say, or I think I'm saying that wrong, but uh, the one thing I want to talk about today is something that I would love to get into because my friends fly the T-6 Texans, hats off to those guys up there at VT-3, uh, the Red Knights. Uh, this is my way that I can f- fulfill that dream of flying. Joining again is Trey Murdaugh with TL North America. Hey, Trey. Hey, thank you for having it's me. Great to see you, man. Um, you know, I was out, I was just telling you before, I was watching the videos uh, on last night on the stream, the stream Turbo. Uh, I, when can I go fly one? Hey, we're, we're happy to take you up. <laughs> we're, we're up in South Carolina, and we're scheduling demo flights. Where are you located, by the way, if we're, someone wants to take a flight? We're, uh, we're located out of uh, just south of Atlanta, um, and uh, we have office uh, hangars in Trenton, South Carolina, and in Charleston. Awesome. And one of the things that I think people don't realize is that this new design make goes really fast. It's slick. Uh, I talked about kind of like being the, the Texan, too. Uh, that's what I relate it to. Uh, I'm sure there's other aircraft, the Takano or whatever. It, it's, I hope you don't mind me mentioning those names, but it, <laughs> it really kind of makes me feel like a fighter pilot when I'm sitting there in the cockpit. I'll let you explain it uh, mm-hmm. since I've kind of given away what it kind of looks like. Yeah, it, it does mostly uh, resemble those planes or the Takano. Um, uh, it was kind of designed, I think, in, in Europe around the idea of like a, a military trainer. Um, with, with, traditionally, what the, you'd get into for a, a Pilatus uh, tandem seat uh, c- configuration, and um, they would uh, pilots would come through there getting trained for turboprop and then onto onto fighters. And so this aircraft, first of all, b- before we go into it, it's you guys have been doing more light sport. Correct. So yeah. this is kind of a, a it is a, a light sport in a certain configuration. Yes, but you've gone beyond that. Yes. Yeah, so again, I think we might have mentioned this the other day. The company uh, was uh, conceived in 1989. Um, it's one of the third largest company of its kind in the world, producing uh, composite LSA aircraft. Uh, so they have quite a track record. Um, they just haven't been uh, well promoted here in the country, so they're they're not well known. But they have a phenomenal product. And when they got started, LSA was kind of their target. Uh, in 2005, they started bringing in the Sting, which is a side by side, and it has had several. Uh, um, evolution uh, through the process. I think they're on the third model now called the S4. Uh, and they've actually just also done a, a new interior for that aircraft uh, in 2020. It has a new cockpit, new interiors. It's uh, very slick. 
It is a, very slick. Yeah, a three uh, three panel display. And that is the Garmin. Uh, Garmin G three X. G three X Touch okay. is what they what they install. They had done Dynon. Uh, one of our demo planes has the the Dynon HDX package in it, uh, but they're they're kind of steering toward uh, Garmin at this point. How about price point on that? So the Sting starts uh, at about uh, one hundred and seventy five thousand, up to about two ten if it's fully equipped with uh, with glass. And then they move, Then you, the next thing you want to do once you've done your training in the Sting and you've got your license, the next thing you want to do is is make that dream come alive of being that, that fighter pilot right well those that aren't, aren't you know they're not confined to the lsa category um and, ha- and have the ability private pilots that want to get into experimental uh we have the stream right and we talked about that in in the day and day before so we had the stream and the stream turbo uh, and again uh they they have they had concentrated on the lsa market here in in the u.s and the usa um, but in Europe, the, they have retract and constant speed uh, right. propellers on them, and that doesn't fit in our, in our shoebox here, right? So <clears throat> those, com- those aircraft come in here as experimental, and uh, the stream falls into that category. Gotcha. So experimental now, when they bring it in here, so that means what? So, so we offer two, two categories. Uh, the experimental program, we have an accelerated build program in the Czech Republic. Um, similar, Sling has a, uh, has a similar program. Cubcrafters, I believe, has a similar program. Plug them. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> others have similar programs where we will take you over there and run you through a build process. Uh, and then we will import and bring the aircraft in as amateur build. And that gives you the ability to go faster and also IFR. Yes, that, that aircraft has IFR capability, uh, and that's the next question. And it's beautiful. I've, the, the it's just made The panel so simple. Yeah, very simple. Um, but as I've said before, it's very intuitive. It, it very immersive. It fits. It really does fit you like a glove. It's got the side stick fighter style control, and uh, that you, you just it just begs to be cut loose. Side stick control with actually uh, all the controls on that side stick, right? Right, all the controls. You can go to guns. You can. (laughs) Your PTT is the gun. Would be the gun trigger. Uh, We have uh, uh, autopilot, engage, disengage, frequency change, and we have electronic trims on the stick. Some people are are not accustomed to flying with both hands on on both sides. Uh, For those out there that that fly the aircraft I do, you know, we're used to that. You know, you you have your stick on one side, your thrust on the other, and uh, it makes you feel at home as a fighter pilot. It also makes you go fast because now this isn't... This is not just for fun. It can get you someplace. It can get you somewhere. Our our target, you know, our target customer here is somebody wants to go out fly locally, but have the option if they need to travel for business, they need to go cross-country. The stream allows them to get there at speed and efficiently. Uh, and that's kind of how we arrived with the stream turbo. So the turbo is a new, it's brand new to the market here. Uh, and that uses a edge performance modified Rotax. Uh, that's at over 150 horsepower, and that enables them to climb at over 2,000 feet per minute, uh, wow. up to altitude. Uh, it will maintain 100 and over 150 horse up to 15,000 feet, and at that altitude, you're going to see about 190 to 195 miles an hour. What type of fuel burn am I looking at? So you're looking at about seven to seven and a half fuel burn. Poof! And you're going that fast. Yep. And uh, maintenance. It's impressive. It's uh, we can do it ourselves because it's a light. Well, if you bring it in, yes, as you know, amateur built. Uh, if you bring it in as, as an experimental amateur built, and you are the builder, then you can do your own maintenance. Right. 
So if I'm looking to purchase one of these, but, what type of price point am I looking at? Let me also okay. say, as, as many pilots here are aware, the LSA, the, Ro- the Rotax platform is very cost. Uh, um, it's very economical. Economical, Yeah, right. we're talking about annuals for five or $600. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, where can they do those? If, so if, if, we have a service center. We have a service center uh, in Kansas. We have one we're looking at here in Florida. So we're, we're building... Um, service centers for the actual airframe. The Rotax service centers are scattered throughout the U.S. Yeah, it's very popular. It's reliable. Well, like you said, it's... It, it, Rotax is probably the biggest name in, it, in light sport, it, right? It sure I mean, is. It sure is. They, have, <laughs> they have the market. They sure do. And they're smart to go with that. So, again, the maintenance of support, that's something that's important to me as an owner. Uh, where can they reach out to somebody if I'm in the middle of... I was about to say Kansas. Say I'm in the middle of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the middle of Texas, uh, so when we bring them in, we we bring them in on the on the eastern uh, seaboard. We bring them to South Carolina where we certify them. Um, we can also bring them direct to a customer, but uh, ideally we'd bring them in, certify, and then we'd ferry them to the customer. Gotcha. And if I if I have a if a phone call to make, if I need somebody to to talk to. You know, what do I do? I mean, what so if I... you'd reach out to us, right. okay. and then we'd put That's you right. in touch with, so with one of our services. TLSportAircraft.com is where you can yeah. find out all that information. Yes. Uh, for someone that's going to use this as a cross-country plane also with their family, uh, you know, say you're bringing your wife along or whatever, and you want to do some cross-country some places, what, what price point are we looking at for this as far as a, yeah, for the, for the retract? So for the retract version... Um, we had we had a show special of two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, the turbo was two seventy. Um, after the show this coming summer, that will go to two sixty five, roughly for the uh, for the as- normally aspirated and about two eighty five for the turbo. Build time. So uh, did you say build? So when the accelerated program over there is about three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, that's great. It's accelerated. Yeah, and smooth lines. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's great. It That's is great. great. I mean, it's just one, I was looking at this all last night, the videos. And I was like, man, this is something that could get me down to Okeechobee for lunch and back pretty darn quickly. 190 what? knots at cruise. Wouldn't even need to get up that fast. 2,000 feet per minute. For that $150 hamburger? For that $150 hamburger. And, now, uh, now, let me tease you again. We talked uh, about this yesterday. Not don't, because I'm going to buy one. But, but again, <laughs> this, this aircraft does. It now has a turbine in it. It was just released. Uh, the turbine is a TP-100. Uh, we're looking at uh, 180 to 200 horsepower at uh, flight level about uh, 220 miles per hour. And wow. increased payload, increased payload of 350 pounds useful load. So you're now up to about almost 900 pounds useful load. Turbine allowing me to burn fuel in many different places where I can't <laughs> buy Avgas, right? <laughs> right? Running around the islands. Well, you and, save a little bit of money on Jet A, but, ge- uh, yeah. but you get to altitude about 3,000 feet a minute. So. Yeah. Well, Carl, with that useful load, you and I could both get in the airplane. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, the landing gear, I don't know, I'm not so sure. <laughs> if you've ever seen my landings, we need something a little bit tougher. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just land on the mains, you'll be good. Yeah. Well, we're, we're running out of time here. Trey, please, one more time. Where are you here on the field? I am at MD23B. And on the internet? We are at TLSportAircraft.com or TLNorthAmerica.com. And so it's, we are TLNorthAmerica.com, the exclusive distributors for TL Sport Aircraft. Great. Trey, thank you so much for coming out and talking with us and for being our newest Sun and Fun radio sponsor. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate your advertising. You know, maybe we get together next year and see if we can do some more for oh, you. We'd love it. You were literally we a last-minute into-the-show advertiser, so <laughs> thank you so much for coming out and chatting with us. Certainly. 
Very excited about what people are doing here to, you know, to inspire the future aviators and to inspire those folks that are, are younger. And on the deck right now, I have someone that's doing just that. It's the wonderful and lovely Angela West from Stallion 51, stallion51.com. They do some wonderful things for the youth and also for old guys like me, keeping that, that alive, keeping that passion alive for flying. Hey, welcome to the deck. Thank you, Carl. Very much appreciated. And um Appreciate being here at Sun and Fun with everybody this year. You know, you do some really cool things inspiring people, but uh, you don't just talk about it. Uh, you get hands-on, and uh, and speaking of hands-on, some of the young folks actually get to have a hands-on experience, don't they? They do. They do. And as everyone knows, in reference to the Aerospace Center for Excellence, uh, we actually started a program seven years ago called the Stratus Program. And um, this year marks seven years. Uh, but we end up meeting these young kids uh, whenever they're um, uh, juniors in high school. And when they turn seniors, um, we end up taking them down to potentially six or three or five, how many, ever how many finalists there are. And they have to go through a process. Um, they end up writing a, an essay. And this year's essay was, um, how would you, as being in aviation, advocate to help keep general aviation alive. Because as we all know, mm-hmm. general aviation is getting harder and harder. And so, um, you know, addressing the need uh, in reference to that, ha- having aviation accessible and, and to the public for years to come. And so they submitted their essays. And then KT and I, my PR marketing girl, uh, on Monday while we were setting up, we ended up, there were three finalists. We ended up doing one-on-one interviews with, with those young, our young uh, kids. And, um, and then Thursday night at the birthday bash here that Sun and Fun and Aerospace Center for Excellence holds every single year. So if anyone's interested in helping out, you can attend that event and help, uh, help these young kids through the ACE program and, the, and I believe the Skylab that's being built out there now, um, helping out with that. And uh, that night, the winner was, was announced, and Jenny is the lucky winner this year. All right. And well, so, <laughs> congratulations, yeah, Jenny. Yeah, Jenny is... Uh, is a very, very uh, well-put-together young lady, and she is actually today with Lee Lauderback in Crazy Horse 2. She will be departing Sun and Fun with Lee uh, for her flight of a lifetime. And she is, I can't tell you how stoked she is. She is so (laughs) excited. I'd be excited, and it's... and it's her and, birthday. Oh, yes, that's right. that is correct. She is turning 18 years old today. Wow. So, what a great birthday. Imagine that, getting to fly in a P-51 Mustang on your birthday. Just, and to do that, she actually had to come up with something, and, a, a, and she had to write and, and come she up did. with something. She did. A marketing plan almost. You know? She did. She did. Her, her essay was very well put together, and then her one-on-one interview um, Whenever KT and I, we start asking them, you know, different questions about how did you think about getting into, um, you know, not only aviation, but going to the school, which she attends the school here. And she um, she thought she was going to, to get her pilot's license, become an, a bush pilot in Alaska. Cool. And then when she started attending school, all of the things started opening up to her. So not only does she want to rebuild airplanes and, and fly them, but she also wants to psychologically wise figure out what happens whenever you pull G's. How does that go through your head? What, what's, what's the thought process behind that? What does it do to your body? All of those different things. So she has her hands dipped in quite a few little things 
And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, she is starting to attend Embry-Riddle this summer. Outstanding. Daytona it, Beach. Yeah. You know, it's so wonderful to see people like that and moving forward. And you take this young talent, you inspire them through this and through what you're doing and through the mm-hmm. ACE program. You talked about that birthday bash, though. So now, specifically, what is that? What was the, the purpose and also, you know, why did you set it up? Well, the birthday bash is actually set up through Sun and Fun, through, through ACE. And they do this every single year. And it's to raise funds for Aerospace Center for Excellence. And this year, believe it or not, they raised almost a quarter of a million dollars Wow! for, for the program and for, the, for ACE. You know, we just had lights up here earlier, and he was saying that this has been a terrific year, a stellar year. People want to get out. They also want to help yes. what you folks are doing with Stallion 51, stallion51.com. By the way, if you don't know about Stallion 51, they do many different things. Uh, we know them for the, the amazing air show out here, Lee Lauderback. It's so, it's, I think it's more fun to be outside the airplane than inside the airplane, than watching that go by and, and feeling that. But there's something that you can do. You can actually get involved as a pilot. You can go out there and get some training, can't they? You can. Uh, we offer everything from uh, your orientation flights where someone like yourself could come in and experience the, the flight of a lifetime in the, in the aircraft. Um, and then we also um, offer full-up checkout training program in, in the airplane. If you're a, um, a fighter owner, we offer recurrent training in that type of airplane. And then also we fly the T-6 Texan, which back in the you know war was the uh, trainer f- transitioning into the Mustang or a P-40 or Uh, Well, not a Spitfire, but um, um, those types of airplanes. And then we also operate the L-39 turbojet with our upset prevention and recovery training program as well. Awesome. And you do that all out of Kissimmee, right? We do it all out of Kissimmee. We don't travel around. Everything is located right there at Kissimmee. That's true. And you guys are there all the time. We are. And that, and I feel like I live there. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't forget about AvDoc. You know, AvDoc Fifty One. Uh, Doctor William Bush, of course, is our is our doctor there, and uh, he is one of the best best AMEs around. He yeah, is. Sure I is. just hear some clapping yeah, in the background yeah, here. I'm sure that, someone who's that person or people have been there. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Doctor Bush. He specializes in the uh, the Hems program as well as special, uh, special issuances, and of course, all classes of medical. So. Yeah, you do so much for the community, the aviation community and otherwise, and also for uh, the environment. And and one thing I want to point out is a lot of people don't realize, uh, Lee's really, and you are into many things that fly, including Falcons. You know, having uh, grown up near the the Falcon Trust, I am someone that has always been admiring these Falcons and and things that fly. And that's kind of how I got started, watching these birds. And, uh, you know, this has been many thousands of years that they've been flying, and we've been able to learn from those birds. But tell us a little bit about that. I know uh, some of the things that you guys, I think people don't, may not realize. Uh, I know I, I mention every time Lee comes up what you do with the Falcons. Yeah, both of us are, uh, Lee is actually a master class falconer, and oh, I wow. am a general class falconer. So there's three different stages, an apprentice, general class, and then master class. And so Lee, of course, was my sponsor. Um, and I've been around uh, the, the Hawks and Falconry, um, of course, ever since I've met him. And then I finally decided I was going to do, I was going to get my license and, and have my own bird. And so I've done that. And uh, Lee and I have two Harris Hawks, which they are uh, southwestern birds, um, New Mexico, Texas, and um, uh they are uh, brothers, believe it or not, and oh, cool. uh, recon and sniper. And we fly <laughs> those birds almost every single day, even if it's just to get out and, and, and exercise them. And, um, uh, you know, it's something other that we enjoy doing. 
course, from the flying aspect, but also to connect with something other like that. I mean, birds of prey are, are incredible, and to have that, that bond and that trust of that type of animal to come back to us is, is pretty incredible. Um, I thought that I knew a bit more whenever I was, uh, before I started into it and getting my own license, but uh, whenever you have that bird yourself and, and train the bird yourself, it's pretty incredible. Awesome. I tell you, it's wonderful what you do. Raptortrust.com. How about another website maybe that supports the, um, the birds? They, actually, the Birds to... of Prey. No, no, no. The Birds of Prey Center up in Maitland, Florida is okay. one is um, actually the mecca for the state of Florida. Okay. They have over 500 birds that come through. Awesome. Uh, I really appreciate all that you do. Angela West, Stallion 51. We're here every day. Don't forget to visit them. If you want to be inspired, they support ACE. And, uh, you know, congratulations uh, to the young lady that's going to be getting a flight today. You'll see our show center. We're going to go to a break and come right back afterwards. Don't go anywhere. Joining me on the deck is KT Bud Jones. It's somebody who's been involved with Stallion 51, stallion51.com. If you're listening online, liveatc.net slash SNF. Welcome back to the deck. It's always nice to have you here. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Really enjoy coming and chatting with you all and sharing this amazing aviation history that seems to be centered right around this central Florida area. We're making history. You know, we just talked about that, having a, a young lady that's going up uh, for a flight yes. with Lee today in the Stallion 51. I think that's so cool. Well, it's a, it's a big day all the way around. It's her 18th birthday. She gets to fly in the Mustang, and it's the 79th anniversary of the Doolittle Raid. Yeah. The raid, the, the aviation event that changed the course of the war. And people don't understand, I think, that those 16 planes that took off the deck of the Hornet uh, on April 18th, 1942, in response to the attack on Pearl Harbor, really did change how the cor- uh, course of the, um, uh, the war went. Not because of the damage that they did bombing yeah. Tokyo, but because of the perception. It gave us something to believe in as a country because we were so demoralized by the attack on Pearl Harbor. And it also scared the Japanese to say, you know, we can't keep pushing out and taking more land. We need to protect a little bit of the homeland. They had not been attacked or had any damage to their home country in hundreds of years. And now we had managed to do that. So all of a sudden, the whole force of the war, the impotence of of what was happening has changed because of the bravery of those 16 planes, those 80 men who knew that they weren't going to be able to land back on the carrier, and they went anyway. There's a lot there to unpack, but just think about this. That was just about four to four months after an event that changed our lives. And this is something that was in response to that. You know, we're talking about December 7th, 1941. Yes. And this is now in April 18th of 42. Think about that. Just a few months later, uh, there was an actual response. It's yes. a, it was an, an important response, not so much from the tactical, but from winning the hearts and, and, and making us realize that, yes, we can actually sting back. And that was another great thing, if there is such a thing about World War II. It was that uh, uniting of spirit and, and uh, our destiny. Uh, people often ask, did we win the uh, war on the home front or the front lines? And it was a combination. People working together to say, we can do this. Uh, Tom Riley's vintage aircraft that was at Kissimmee uh, Airport, uh, we restored a lot of World War II planes there. One was a B-17. And when we took one of the side panels off, the nacelles inside, 
was a handwritten note saying, with love from Sue and Mary. These women weren't just making these planes for anybody. They were making them for their fathers, for their sons, for their husbands, and it made a difference. Unlike the other countries, our our, our enemies, who who didn't have any skin in the game. Those people didn't care like our people cared. And we, we out we out not just outmaneuvered them on the front lines and in the air, but we outproduced them because we all got on board. We were There's able to, a lesson to be learned in that. There sure is. There sure is. And just right here at home, we can reach out by what we do and touch the war by exactly what we've done in many And And we've part. done that. Right here on the flight line, on the Warbird flight line, you've got a B-25, Larry Kelly's Ponchito, which uh, flew in the Pacific Theater, uh, is painted up in Pacific Theater. Yesterday, we had a World War II veteran talking uh, at the Arsenal uh, Victory Theater, the Warbirds on Review, at 1130 yesterday, and we had a Mustang and a Mitchell. So, and they got a chance to talk about how these planes and the people who flew them, how they changed the war, their, their bravado that they had. You know, young men who just went, well, I don't know how to fly this, but I'll figure it out on my way to the front. <laughs> and that's what they did. You know what impresses me about those individuals that flew that airplane? I've volunteered for decades on B-25s throughout the country, uh, you know, first with briefing time and then on to Devil Dog out in Texas. And, and now the next plane I'll probably be flying is, is going up with Larry Kelly, and I can't wait. But every time I talk to somebody uh, that has actually flown the aircraft, it, what shocks me personally is the humbleness of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll never forget standing there and someone looking at the B-25 saying, gosh, you know, I, I actually flew that in the war. And we're like, oh, my gosh, do you want to get up in the cockpit? And uh, sure. And they got in. Now, they were younger than they were in their 70s. So it was years ago. And uh, it was amazing. This person couldn't remember what they, they were having some medical issues and couldn't remember what they had for breakfast. But when I asked him, you know, I'm trying to learn this airplane and how to do the engine out procedure, all of a sudden he started touching controls, switching switches. I'm like, what are you doing? He says, I'm showing you how to do the engine out procedure. It's muscle memory. Holy and, cow. And we would, <laughs> we would see that for many years. Tom yeah. Riley would come here with um, a killer bee. And the veterans would come up to the plane and start telling stories. And the kids would say, I've never heard these stories. I said, they're not telling, this veteran is not telling you the story. He's telling the plane the story because the planes remember. The planes keep that history inside of them. And it's up to us to keep that history alive and accessible by keeping these planes flying. That's what Stallion does and what Larry Kelly does with Panchito and all the other warbirds you see out there. They're keeping that history alive and accessible and exciting allowing people not only to touch them and to smell that wonderful smell, uh, and, and in some cases, like Stallion and in Larry Kelly's case and Panchito, to fly them and experience them for themselves. A lot of the experiences flying in a, in a trainer, too, the T-6, oh, yeah. and they can do that at stallion51.com. There's Absolutely. a lot of history right here in Florida, like we're talking about. Florida aviation history is training right down in Arcadia. We mm-hmm. have the, the training base there. Uh, and Mr. Riddle actually has an epitaph right there, yep. uh, right in the Oak Ridge uh, Cemetery in Arcadia. Yep. I think a lot of people don't realize they could just step maybe outside their door and see a part of Florida aviation history. Well, up until the start of World War II, there were only six military bases in, in Florida before the war. At the end of the war, it's almost 300, yeah, many amazing. of which are still active today are uh, municipal airports like Kissimmee, like Lakeland, like, say, uh, like the one we're sitting, like sitting at right, right now. now. This was 
the road past the terminal is called Drain Field mm-hmm. Road for a reason. It's not drain like drain. And I always heard it, and I was always thinking, why would they name a road after part of a septic system? <laughs> and it's no, it's D R A N E, <laughs> Drain Field, because be, this was Drain Field, yeah. and this was a B twenty five training base. Or uh, was this the twenty fours? B twenty four, and that's one of the cool things. You talking about all these all these bases that were mm-hmm. here. They were all dedicated to one aircraft. If you wanted to learn the B-24, you would come to Mm -hmm. this field. If you wanted to do the 25, you were in a different field. If you wanted to do the B-17, you did Sebring. And you can always tell that these are World War II fields as you fly over them. If they have crisscross runways or runways in a hexagonal shape, they're going to be an Army uh, Air Force or they're going to be a naval base because of the crossing runway so that everybody could deal with the crosswinds because almost everybody was tail draggers until the B-25 and the uh, B-26, the Marauder. They were going to be tail draggers, so they had to be as close to the wind as possible. So you can always tell a World War II field as you fly over it because of the multiple uh, direction of the runways. And Unless, of course, they've expanded, like they're MCO. fixing to do here at Lakeland. Mm. Lakeland. Or, MCO, <laughs> or, or MCO, and they're all parallel. But there's great history here. The first commercial flight was St. Pete, and I want to say 1911, something like that. I mean, and that wasn't was, that a seaplane flight? Yeah, it was. It was. Like, yeah, it was. Sort of, sort of scary. Tony Janus, and uh, it was right. from St. Petersburg to Tampa. Yeah. And every year they have an award that's given out, the Janus Award, and they store that right there at the Tampa International Airport, given to somebody who's uh, actually done something amazing in the the field of airlines and transportation, <laughs> and that goes to many times to the CEOs of of the different companies like Delta, United, American, that type of thing. And Curtis Wright, who had big presence here in Florida, also is the first person who developed the Winnebago. Curtis Wright is a person. I thought that was an engine. Well, <laughs> sorry, folks. Aviation humor. Yeah. So it, lots of great history here and so much to share right here in this. I call it the corridor of classic aviation from Titusville all the way over here to Lakeland and all the spots in between. There is history to be shared. All right. KT, thank you so much for jumping in. Our friend KT from Stallion 51 always brings us great interviews. Angela, Doc, Lee, we appreciate you bringing that stuff in and we appreciate what you do for Sun and Fun. Welcome back to the deck here at Sun and Fun Radio. You're listening on 1510 AM, or you can stream it live online at liveatc.net slash SNF. You know, one of the things, as you can tell, we've been talking a lot here now and, and stumbling a little bit because we're all really tired, and that's because we're on the last day of the show. And, man, this has been one terrific show. Had so much fun. We're sitting in one of the best spots here, about to go to the air show. But it's lunchtime, and what does that mean? I'm a big cheerleader for this organization. That means it's lunch with AOPA. Joining us on the deck here is Colin Stagnito. He is actually the vice president of publications, and we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, – we're talking about, what is it, the foundation? The AOPA Foundation. AOPA Foundation, thank you. You know, one of the things about AOPA that I love is that you're outreach and you're doing so much for the pilots, not only to get involved, but to keep them flying. So hats off to you. Colin, I'm going to hand it over to you and Melissa, and uh, we'll be right back. And once I'm going to get off the deck and let you take it over. Well, thank you, Carl. Thank you very much. I'm here with Melissa Rudinger, who is the executive director of the AOPA Foundation, And a lot of pilots are very familiar with AOPA, but fewer are familiar with AOPA Foundation. So I'm here with Melissa to talk a little bit about the foundation. Melissa, could you please uh, 
Tell us a little bit more about the foundation and how it operates. Sure. So uh, thanks, Colin. The, everybody's probably heard of the Air Safety uh, Institute. We used to be the Air Safety Foundation. And um, that's been around since 1950. So that, that's been a long mission, uh, raising funding to keep pilots safe. And it's, it's established. I can talk a little bit about the programs that we offer. But that's we expanded our foundation a number of years back to include other programs. So now the, Air, the AOPA Foundation also funds a program called You Can Fly, which is a really exciting program that is, is, will ensure that we have a vibrant general aviation community well into the future. So those are our two primary missions. And um, if you'd like, I can go through uh, what the ASI does. Yeah, let's start with the ASI. Okay, so ASI, I, I, they primarily are doing online safety courses, videos, quizzes, and all that stuff. And our content is accessed by over 2 million pilots annually. And that's a, that's a big number. That's, that's amazing. A lot of that on uh, YouTube these days. Absolutely. YouTube's been a great, great uh, place and platform to do videos live or recorded. But especially during COVID, I mean, uh, the viewership has expanded. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're well over 2 million for 2020. Um, they also uh, provide in-person uh, training uh, for flight instructors. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we didn't do that this or last year, but we had over 200 uh, uh, safety seminars and, and dozens and dozens of online FERCs. Right, the eFERCs. Well. Yeah, the eFERCs. And um, tell us more about the You Can Fly. So You Can Fly has a, a, a number of different components to it. Yeah, You Can Fly is big. So we've got four components. And, and when did You Can Fly start? You Can Fly was launched in uh, around 2017. Right. So it's a little bit newer for some of our members and for other pilots to have heard about. Right. And it was a we had the, the support of the James Ray Foundation. They really are the ones that had helped get this off the ground with a significant contribution so we could actually build the academy. It's called the You Can Fly Academy in Frederick, Maryland. It's a state-of-the-art learning uh, place with, with simulators and classrooms and all that good stuff. And we... You Can Fly supports flying clubs. So we have the AOPA Flying Club Network. We've established 171 new flying clubs since we launched. And there's hundreds and hundreds of other flying clubs that meet the criteria that are in the, in the network. We also... So, so impressed by that. Yeah. And, and we have a, a club finder. Yes. So that people can actually f- find a, a local club. It's a more affordable way to fly. Find one or, or we'll help you start one. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Then we have rusty pilots. So we've got many pilots that stop flying, and then for whatever reason, they want to get back into it again. And we have these rusty pilot seminars around the country in person and, and last year, you know, virtually. And we, I believe we have close to 10,000 rusty pilots that are back in the air. It's amazing. And even here at Sun and Fun, I had several people walk up, ask how they could take the seminar. Uh, he was thrilled that they could do it online. And... Um, uh, several others said that they got back into flying uh, recently specifically because of this. So a huge success. Yeah, we hear that all the time at air shows. And, that, and that's, that's really heartwarming to me. Um, then we have flight training. So we want to we help flight schools improve the flight training experience. So we have a program around that where we help uh, flight schools implement industry best practices. We do training. We, uh, so that's, that's an area that we felt needed some work for a long time. There are some excellent flight training facilities out there. Don't get me wrong. But there are also many that, that really don't do their do, do the best by the pilots that are training there. Right. So we're, we're trying to move the needle on that as well. And, and one of the impressive parts of that program I, I really appreciate is the marketing part. We're helping flight schools market to, yes. to pilots. There are a lot of flight schools that have terrific instructors, and many are owned by instructors. But marketing is not their 
it's not their forte. Exactly. So we, we help them market and get more students and keep the students and, and get um, them to become pilots. That's, that's what we're really doing yeah. there. And it's making a difference. It really is. And then, of course, the one I think you, we, hear, we talk about the most because it invo- involves young people is the You Can Fly STEM high school curriculum. So the science and, and technology curriculum is now in over 200 high schools. We've got 8,000 students in the curriculum. And it's not, we don't just give the school a curriculum and walk away. We support this program. We, we require teacher training. Um, we, we do all sorts of things to make sure not only is the, the program compliant with whatever the educational requirements are for each state, but that it's a robust, meaningful program. And the feedback we get is it's one of the best programs out there. It's pretty unique. And um, along with that, we fund a million dollars in scholarships every year, $80,000, scholarships for two students, and $30,000 scholarships, I'm sorry, 20, uh, for, stu- for teachers. And so we get about, we, we just cl- we'll be announcing the scholarship winners the end of April, and there will be uh, 100 really excited people because that pretty much will get you through to your private ticket. I'll say that is really what a, what a help yeah. to help everybody achieve their dreams. Yep. So I would encourage students out there that are in the STEM program, make sure you apply when we open it up again next year. Okay. We'll probably touch a little bit more on some of these, but let me ask you a bigger question. What is the AOPA Foundation currently focused on? So our current focus is really on, literally on the You Can Fly programs and on uh, uh, Air Safety Institute. However, there's another way to support aviation into the future, and we're focusing this year on Legacy Society. Uh, We have an established Legacy Society. We have Legacy Court in Frederick, Maryland, which is a physical space with a wall. It's it's lovely. It's got uh, trees, and it's right at the entrance of AOPA. Very very slick. It's got stainless steel. Members' names are on there. Yeah, so when you you join Legacy Society, you you get a plaque with your name on it on that wall as a permanent uh, reminder that you've remembered, remembered us in your estate planning. And the reason legacy is important is it will pr- provide down the road uh, a way to exponentially grow our, our revenue so that we can support the programs that, that the legacy is literally being left for. They want to leave a legacy, and, and this helps us do that. So we're, you'll see increased emphasis on that program as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the um, – you have some chairmans that have been uh, helping on the foundation across the Hat in the Ring and Legacy and, and some of the other components. It's really exciting and some really well-known pilots. Yes. So for Legacy Society, we've got Barry Schiff. We just did a live Legacy induction ceremony a few weeks ago with Barry. Um, we've got Michael Goulian as our uh, president, our Hat in the Ring uh, chair, and that's really exciting. He's been very supportive, and we're going to continue to have him help us raise uh, funds to support the programs that we fund. And then finally, we've got Matt Desch, who's the CEO of Iridium, and he's also an AOPA board member, and he's chairman of what's called the President's Council, and that's giving levels at, at 10000 or above. But we have giving levels, everything from you know $2 to the sky's the limit. So there's, there's an opportunity. Every, every dollar counts. Yeah. And, and speaking of donating, so this is one thing I'm sure you talk about a lot, but um, you know, not everybody realizes that there are member dues that members pay for AOPA, and that supports part of what a- AOPA does. And then there are donations to the foundation. Could you tell us a little bit about the difference between those two? And- yes. So the Air Safety Institute and You Can Fly do not get revenue from, donor- from dues. They just simply aren't funded. They're, they're extra. 
And the reason the foundation exists is to fund those extra programs. And so it, it's a significant commitment on AOPA's part to, to support these programs. Like I said, we've got a bricks-and-mortar school. We've got lots of staff that are uh, maintaining the curriculum and, and helping produce content. And so it's, it's literally no, donor, no membership dues go into supporting these programs. And that's why the foundation is so important. Yeah, and it's pretty surprising. ASI is prolific in terms of putting out videos, educational videos, quizzes, and all these other things. So that's all coming from donations going to the foundation. Um, and, uh, and likewise with You Can Fly. So um, the, another thing that You Can Fly is doing is, is this new AFTA program. Did you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. So it's an app, now, and I'm not the technical expert okay. on it. Uh, Elizabeth Tennyson certainly could, it could provide technical ex- expertise. But basically, it's an app that you download, and it, it customizes your flight training experience because it has an algorithm that uh, it will tell you it, – it will see what you've done on your, at your last lesson or your first lesson, say you're starting from scratch, and it will give you tasks – to read, read aheads, depending on what you're doing that day, and then it'll you can grade your performance on those maneuvers and tasks that you completed during your flight. You, it'll tell you you need to do something again if you didn't pass, so to speak, and then it'll set up your next lesson. So it takes it takes the it makes it a very scientific way to go after what each individual student needs to work on because everybody's different. And so uh, if you need a little extra help with landings, for example, or you or or maybe you aced landings and you can move on to the next module. Uh, that way you're not wasting time and money and, or getting frustrated because you're doing the same things over and over again. So that's what kind of my layman's pitch about what that is. Right. And I should back up. We use a lot of acronyms in aviation. So AFTA stands for the AOPA Flight Training Advantage yes. app. And uh, at the, the app is used by the flight instructor and the flight school, and the student uses a, a, a web-based portal to be able to check their progress. But this goes back to what we were talking about before, giving uh, student pilots every opportunity to actually achieve their license, earn their license. Um, and so we're not only helping, helping flight schools market, we are actually helping with part of their curriculum. Right. So that's, that's very important. It's, it's, I think it's a game changer, honestly. Um, there's another uh, component I want to ask you about quickly. Getting back to You Can Fly and the high school uh, STEM curriculum, what, one thing that's really impressive to me ab- about that are the, the young students who are taking advantage of it. There is a, a great diversity of students. Did you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we have our diversity in our program is much higher than the average. Uh, we've, we've got uh, many more women and minorities in the, in the uh, program. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, the latest numbers that I heard were something like uh, 26% uh, female yeah. and uh, something close to 20. Yeah, minorities. So yes. um, really an, an amazing diversity yeah. of, stu- of student body. And, you know, sadly, that's not reflected currently in the general aviation pilot population. But right. what we're trying to do is get them interested earlier so that we you know, can diversify and continue to grow the pilot population. Thank you so much for saying that. I couldn't have said it better. (laughs) All right. And we are out of time. I want to thank our friends from AOPA for showing up every day for lunch with AOPA. It's been a returning feature here at Sun and Fun Radio for years. The After Landing Checklist. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to those interviews. This was the last day of the show, and I hope you really enjoyed this. The show, the way we did it here with all the interviews, uh, we like, usually like to do a live show, but this year uh, I had to actually manage the live uh, radio and also do this. So we've decided to, to drip this out within our 
podcast, stuckmikeavcast.com. And all those interviews are just the ones that we did at Stuck Mike Avcast. There's many more out there. And to find out more, you can go to liveatc.net slash SNF, listen to it live. Also, snfradio.com, they're going to take all these interviews not just ours, but all the interviews from Sun and Fun throughout the year and put them up there. So say there's a specific product, service, aircraft, air show performer you want to listen to, you can actually download that. It's not up there yet, but we're starting to put those up there. As you know, I, I, I'm the co-chair of the live radio at Sun and Fun, and we, you know, we have a volunteer staff, so we have to ask those people to do it while they're working throughout the year. So within the next few months, we'll have those up there on SM, snfradio.com. Of course, you can listen to all SNF 21 here, stuckmikeavcast.com slash SNF21. Uh, you can also listen to all past Sun and Funs, just looking up Sun and Fun on our website. But this is one of our the, one of the most amazing things for us that we do, and we really enjoy bringing you these live shows. So do me a favor and listen up for some more episodes where we're doing live interviews from air shows here, right here on the Stuck Mike Avcast. As a matter of fact, we've got the Deland Sport Aviation Showcast com- uh, Deland Sport Aviation Showcase, excuse me, and also the Florida International Air Show down in Punta Gorda. Uh, we're probably going to be setting up another show that runs all year long for them down there. Also, you'll see some more videos, and uh, those are a lot of fun because usually they're right in front of aircraft where we interview the people that are producing those products, those airplanes, those services, uh, and, and they're right there at the show, so you can actually watch them on YouTube. But look for more here at stuckmikeavcast.com and also at liveatc.net slash SNF. I really hope you enjoyed listening to these. I can't wait to bring you more of these live and also our regular episodes where we teach you about flying, about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Well, until next episode, safe flying out there. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.